0: to Raising Queens, not just a podcast, it's a movement. Here's your host, Carmen Rosas, a mom, entrepreneur, and queen bee with a love for boba tea and random dance parties.
1: Hi everyone and welcome back to Raising Queens. We are here with episode number 10. I'm so excited for today's guest. Um, It's you know, I have a very personal connection. Um, But let me tell you a little bit about her. So Madi G is a wealth empowerment coach. Madi helps people get to the root of their money problems and empowers them to take control of their finances. And um, I'm so excited to have her here, mostly because she's like one of my star students. So she went through my um, coaching program and she is just doing some amazing things. She's just an overall badass. But Madi, why don't you share with like the women listening just tell us a little bit about you what you do
0: oh my gosh thank you so much (laughs) for having me on this show It's, it's such an honor so um a little bit about myself um so i dropped out of college and um looking back i dropped out for two reasons for fear and lack of money and i created this story in my head that because I dropped out of college, I was not going to be successful. And um, I went with that sor- that story and I kept feeding it. So I kept going for jobs that, you know, didn't have benefits, no retirement funds. Um, I was a server for a long time. Tips were good, but I didn't do anything but spend the money. I never invested it. And um, the years went by and finally I realized, okay, I'm going to be 26, I I really need to look for, you know, a good paying job. So I got into healthcare and, um, it was an amazing experience. I fell in love with, with healthcare. I love helping patients. I've always been in the service of, of helping others. And, um, there came a point in my life where I kind of felt like I wanted more, but I didn't know what was next. Um, I knew that I needed to do some work on myself and that's when I started to do personal development. And um I worked, I read books, I watched videos, I I did the I did a lot of the work but there was still something that was missing. And um I you know this was when Facebook just started and I started seeing all these amazing posts by you Carmen. And you know i knew that you were an attorney and i knew that you had started your own firm and i knew that you were now a life coach and i said ah a life coach okay um i'm i'm mexican my parents are from from mexico i'm i'm a um first generation we don't do therapy we don't do life coaching that's not for us and um that was the story that i had again created in my head but you know like you kept posting and I felt like you were talking to me. Every post that you, you did, it's like, oh, aha, the light went on. So I was, I, you had my attention. And finally, I took a, a leap of faith and I attended one of your workshops. And I remember telling myself, you know, I think you had like two or three events that I told myself I was going to go and I found an excuse as to why I couldn't go. And finally, I said, I'm going. So I went to your event and my life changed forever. You asked us a very powerful question. And um, I remember you asking me that if I could go back into time, what would I tell five-year-old Maddie? And I've never done anything like that before in my life. And I remember just this, so many thoughts and emotions came through my body and this, I just had the desire to cry and I remember I cried and you let me cry you you held space for me but I found a lot of peace and I hadn't felt that peace in a very long time so I, I knew that I had to keep working with you yeah Awesome.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, and yeah, it was one of the workshops I did. So Mari was in, is essentially in, um, was in my first cohort, right? My first group co- coaching program that I launched was like a year ago because so I did it mostly one-on-one and she was, you know, it was, yeah, I think you had RSVP to a couple of you know, workshops and things like that and never showed up. (laughs) But it was, it's kind of one of those things, right? When you do coaching and you're working with other people, right? It's, you show them the way or like, it's the idea of like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. Right. And so it's like, Hey, I'm here whenever you're ready, come and like work with me and speak with me. Right. So, um, thank you for sharing that. So, One thing that Madi hasn't told you is after going through that program, she basically tapped in. And so um, it's a seven week program. Right. And one of them or two of the weeks is specifically around money. Right. So your money story. And then it's like, what are your financial goals and how are you spending your money and are you being intentional with it? And so Maddie took that part of the program and ran with it, right? And I'm so proud of her. She's doing, you know, she's known as Maddie the Debt Slayer. Like she has taken a big chunk of her debt, like wiped it out and now is teaching other people um how to do that. So Maddie, what would you say um was your your biggest takeaway from um like that part of the program and that what pushed you into um essentially like starting your business, helping other people get out of debt.
0: You know, uh, again, it it goes back to dropping out of college. Um, I dropped out of college for financial reasons and um, I had, I was already into credit card debt when I was going to um, San Diego State University. So I decided to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put a stop to school, work, pay off my debt, and then I'll go back to school. And it, it hasn't happened. And um you know I'm now I'm re- I'm realizing that it w- that it, it it happened for a reason. You know school is not for everybody and I think that's one thing that um it took me 10 years to realize that but I'm okay with that now. Yeah. But well,
1: you, um, know, you know and you know my story right where it's like I went to college it was the first of my family to go to college because you know like as Mexican Americans like That's basically what you're told to do. Go to college, you go get a good job and benefits and you get the security and your job is going to take care of you forever, right? So, you know, I totally relate to that because I'm like, I went to college, sweet, let me just do it, like do one more step and go to law school. So I went to law school and then once I was done with that and I started my own business, I was like, wait, that's it? Like I thought I was supposed to be so happy and I was going to have this job security and finance and I just was going to be like set. And I was like, hold up. Like, this is not what they said it was going to be. And so realizing, and even now when people are like, Hey, should I go to law school? And I'm like, we really need to think about this one from a financial standpoint, like lawyers, you know, and this is the thing, right. And it goes back to kind of just the, the conditioning that we we've experienced as you know, Latinas in um, that you become a lawyer, you become a doctor, you're going to make good money. Like, you're going to be like, you're gonna be the shit, right? <laughs> like there's this prestige, like when you do all these things. But the reality is, is like when you get into like into law or some, you know, field that is not that is, you know, let's say white male dominated, um it's not the case. Um, and and it's in any field, right? Either if it's not male dominated, but it's you aren't going to make your money right away. You're not going to be set, you're not gonna be private, you know, in private jets, you're not gonna be, you know, like have all of the security that you think that you're gonna have. And so it's shifting our perspective of that and thinking, you know, really evaluating okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? Air quotes, I'm supposed to do all these things and this is what's gonna lead to my happiness. But realizing that that route isn't necessarily, right following all the the rules and checking all the boxes and doing what our parents are telling us to do is not gonna ultimately lead us to a happy or secure life. And that it's okay to go against the grain. It's okay to go against the norm. And it doesn't mean anything less about who you are if you're not doing the
0: things that everybody else is doing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, it it took me a a, a while for me to understand that and to accept that and embrace it. And um, when we started doing the cohort, um, when the money chapter came, I didn't want to do it. (laughs) And you know that. (laughs) And there's a saying that what you resist persists. (laughs) Persists, right? <laughs> so, for almost twenty years, I had the same cycle going this the same recording going. I got into debt twice. first time was in college because we all know that colleges make it very easy for you to get a credit card. Yes.
1: Well, oh, we're going to start with Wells Fargo and what they did with me with my bank account and how they automatically attached a credit card to it. So when I had no money, they just charged it for me. (laughs) I'm not bitter. Um, But yeah, that and, you know, like going out, like I needed a new shirt every time we went to the club. So I was all up in forever 21. Like, oh, what am I wearing this weekend? Because God forbid I wore the same shirt like twice. Like, I mean, yes, maybe it was a $14 shirt. But that's not the point. Those $14 add up.
0: Like <laughs> exactly. It it all adds up. And the second time I got into um into debt was when I was um getting promoted at Stanford. So no real reason of why I was in debt when I was making good money. And um when we took a deep dive into the the um that week about um money, you asked us to look into our money story. And you know why we had a certain you know, beliefs about money. And um, I remember that week I was just like, oh, I don't wanna do this. <laughs> and I think it took me a couple of days and I had to do some grounding. I had, I had to burn some sage. <laughs> and I realized that um, it all came down to my childhood and it was very empowering to really dive deep and take a look. Um, my dad is from Mexico. He came to this country with nothing. He worked his butt off, and he, um, he's done very well for himself, but he was very savvy with his money. So when we grew up, we only went shopping once a year, and that was it. If our shoes ripped, that's what we wore to school. If our clothes ripped, that's what we wore to school um when we went to the grocery store he we were very, he was very specific on what he would buy um our treat was gummy worms mm-hmm. and that was it if i wanted something it was always a no 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 so i was taught to have that you know the scarcity um scarcity mindset sorry mm-hmm. and when i started working I started spending because I wanted to make up for my childhood, for not being able to, you know, buy, you know, candy or gum or clothes. And so anytime I got money, I would spend it. Yeah, you know, that in, you know, I love, you
1: know, that you bring up the scarcity mindset because that's huge, right? Because we think about people who you know may not come from a lot of money even like celebrities right or people who win the lotto um athletes who you know for whatever reason they stop playing and they like blow their money and they have nothing to show for and you know lotto winners who end up filing bankruptcy because they're just spending their money mm-hmm. and that scarcity mindset is it's interesting right cuz you're like You spend because you're like, oh, I'm good. Like I have all this money. I'm and it's you have the belief that it's never ending, which is kind of an odd twist, right? So it's this, but the scarcity part is that you want the things, right? So you're using your money to buy all the things because you believe, right? And it's maybe not even scarcity, but even like poverty mindset, right? Where the name brand means that you're like you're doing well right like I see so many people buy their kids Jordans right like they get the newest and latest Jordans and I'm like you're gonna grow out of them like the you know from a mother's standpoint I'm like dude you're gonna grow out of them it's not even worth the money but for a lot of people it's the belief that if I have the like newest iPhone right even when as little as something like the iPhone where it's like if I have the newest iPhone I'm wearing Gucci Louis Vuitton Prada jordan's like i have you know the top of the line stuff or i'm driving a tesla and a bmw that means right that i have all the money like i'm wealthy and i'm rich but if you really think about it the people who have the money have money invested the millionaires billionaires that aren't like celebrity status that aren't rappers that aren't athletes that um aren't like actresses or actors like they were playing t-shirts and you know old jeans that they probably bought at the thrift store because you know and i think what i want to get into right is um intentionality right because you know about that and that's i think where the biggest shift is um and i talk about it a lot in i think my lives and just in my coaching is the intentionality but what's really important is how you're spending your money right like Is that what you want? Like, so for me, right, there's a meme that I saw and I was like, I want my daughter to inherit businesses, land and stocks, right? I don't want her inheriting shoes and purses. Like if that's your thing, that's cool, right? Like that's fine. But if you go deeper, like what is it that you want? Like, do you want your kids to continue the same cycle that you've been living or do you want something better? Right? So let's talk, give me your thoughts on intentionality or being intentional with your money because i know that's a huge part of what you teach too when we're looking at our finances
0: yes um so before taking your um your class the cohort i was spending mindless amounts of money on things that i didn't even really need didn't use they're probably still in my closet i'm just that's being still, real <laughs> Because that's a real thing, right? You're like, "Oh, I'll wear this dress for someday," or "Oh, I'll buy this for," you know, it's a someday, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I was done with that week, I did. Um, like I hate her. <laughs> I, I didn't. I'm like, uh, no. I did an. <laughs> I did an audit. Mm, okay. On my on my on what I was spending my money on. The results were it was an eye-opener i was spending like twenty thousand dollars on food Mm. um another twenty thousand dollars on this this food this isn't like food that you were buying from the
1: grocery store and cooking at home this is like take out eating out food yes
0: happy hour going out (laughs) i i was i was traveling and I spent a lot of money on traveling because when I would travel, we would get upgrades to like really nice rooms. But you know, that was just like, it's like, once I saw that and I saw, okay, this is where my hard earned money is going towards. It's going towards stuff that I don't even use. Instead I could be investing this money, getting some return, making more money or investing it in a business or in property. So that's when I started becoming intentional with my money. And I started to think outside the box. You know, oftentimes when we put ourselves on a diet, we restrict ourselves and we feel that, you know, we are, you know, going through withdrawals or we just have this, energy that is connected when you feel restricted and you, you know, it's, it's, it's not a good place to be in. So I started to change it's one of those things,
1: right? We're like, Oh, I can't have carbs. And all of a sudden you just want pasta every day, or you just want bread. And it's like, you know, I think it's just naturally like in our human nature that when we're told, no, maybe it's ego probably is ego. Um, (laughs) but we know that's a whole other topic, but when we're told no, even if we're telling ourselves no, right. Like we're putting ourselves and I speak from experience because I just naturally am a rebel by nature. This is something I've learned. Mm -hmm. I'm a rebel so much. And I think so many people still are, um, but we rebel against ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, even when it comes to the, you know, time or budget. Right. And then we can, you know, we'll talk about a little bit more about the, the word budget and how I feel about that. But, um, you know, it's, the scarcity, right? It was like, well, we can't have something. Well, we want it now. We want it like really, really bad. Like we never wanted it before. So the same thing, right? Yeah.
0: Yes, definitely. So I was starting to, I, I changed my mind. I shifted my mindset and said, I'm choosing when you do that, that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I started doing, something extremely simple but very powerful., yeah. and that's when the magic started to happen. Um, I remember um and, and I had a slow start because I had to overcome my limiting beliefs. you know i i the I heard it all, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, you have to work hard for your money. I came to this country as an immigrant and I had to make a lot of sacrifices, and that's just the way it is. And, you know, like I said, my dad has multiple properties and he has done very well for himself, but even my dad has evolved and all of the information that you taught me, I've taught him and he never understood my money problems. And like, I was always kind of like the rebel, you know, the, he never called me a failure, but he's always seen that ambition and that drive in me. So it was very hard for him to not, to not see me, um, you know, doing it, mm-hmm. using it. And he's told me that before. I've always seen your gifts, but you never saw them. Yeah. You know, so I want to pause for a minute, right?
1: Because I think that between you and the other ladies that were in your cohort, I think the money part, and I don't even think I realized how impactful, like just the money portion of the coaching would be, um, is how closely tied, right? Your self-worth is. To like your money and your money story right because and going back to you saying like you're choosing right because you deserve to live an amazing life you deserve to have all the wealth that you desire to be able to buy all the things and invest and be able to pass it on through generations right to your kids your grandkids or however far down you want it to go right so Mm -hmm. you choosing is also right confirming or or affirming that you deserve to treat yourself better right mm-hmm. like it goes it goes way deeper than just i'm gonna set a budget and i'm gonna save my money and i'm gonna get out of debt and i'm gonna you know travel more like there's that part where you have to acknowledge that you're worth everything that you want right like your value you like so Can we go into that a little bit more? Like if you want to share a little bit on what you realized on that part, right? Because I think it comes down to even like, oh, I'm a failure, right? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking I'm a failure and then it trickles into our relationships with other people. So
0: yeah. And yeah, I (laughs) mean, you know, so when I was um, creating my program, I wanted to really focus on mindset and limiting beliefs and yeah. the money stories. And, um, with my first client, she was kind of like my little Guinea pig. You know, I, I just went right in, into everything. What I did, I, I was doing with her. Mm-hmm. And, um, when she started to look into her finances, she went into a very bad depression. Mm. And that was an eye-opener for me. And it was a learning lesson for me that before... So this is what I do with my clients. Before we, we look at your money situation, how much money you're bringing in, how much you're spending, I mm-hmm. focus on self-care, self-love, and forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to forgive yourself for being in the position that you are. And if you don't forgive yourself, you're not going to be able to move forward. It's like if you're stuck. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what? I love that because
1: it's the forgiveness part, right? Um, it's essentially you're forgiving yourself for not knowing what you didn't know, right? And we can be so hard on ourselves for being like, "Oh, I should have just gone to college, or I should have just done this. I thought this, and I and my thoughts were wrong, and I made these mistakes." And it's like, you know, it's that reminder that we only know what we know based on what our parents have taught us or based on the knowledge and the research that we're willing to do on our own. Right. Um, and so I learned a lot going, you know, I was in college, right. I went to Santa Clara. And so there was a certain type of person that went to Santa Clara. Right. And then I went and I went to private high schools and then I went to law school and in law school, you know, I just, you know, I think it's maybe not even 25% of, you know, the lawyers are Hispanic, right? Or people of color, I should say. Um, And 25% or like a quarter or so one out of four, that wasn't the case in my law school. Like it was maybe one out of like 15, maybe 15, 20 people that were actually like a little bit darker or like my same color. So you start getting around people right who have a different mindset people who come from what i like to call old money right quote unquote old money who have had generational wealth for so long because their families have passed that information down like for you and i we're like first generation like investors right there's so many people that we know that are just this is our first time and we can't be hard on ourselves for not knowing what people knew from 60 years ago like you know, our parents are teaching us what they learned from their parents and so on and so forth. So that forgiveness part for like forgiving yourself for not knowing what you didn't know, like
0: that's huge. <laughs> it's, it's very huge and very powerful when my clients do that. I, I. I am so um, inspired and amazed by the transformations that they're having. And they think that it's, it's small, but it's, it's so huge. Um, like for example, one of my clients, um, our first coaching call, um, that's what we were focusing on is simply just forgiveness. And in a matter of only one week, one week she has, um, exploded her sales she she sells a product. Mm. She's marketing herself online using TikTok. She's using Facebook, and she never did that before.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's it's you know, and I don't.
1: Yeah, you're right. People don't people don't know um, what's it called. They don't know how massive of like of a shift that
0: they can happen. That can happen, right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's so beautiful to see because, you know, and she told me, oh, these are small steps that I'm doing. I'm like, they are not small steps. You are taking massive action because last week you weren't doing this. You didn't have those five or six sales last week. Yeah. And
1: it's, you know, it's to them, you know, it's small, right? But the result of that, and, and I think that that's super important, right? Like even when you're trying to get out of debt or trying to start a new workout routine, whenever you're trying to start a new healthier habit that you're not used to, it feels like it's a small step, but because it's a habit that's been ingrained in you for so many years, it's massive, like just that little step. And that's why I'm, you know, I remind, you know, my clients and I'm sure you do too. It's like just the one little step, just the first step is all you need to propel and to get into the momentum of what you need to make the bigger changes or to see it because it's that ripple. So there's the tiny ripple, right? That all of a sudden is just like, or you don't want to think about when it rains, right? You have like the drizzle and then it's freaking downpour, right? Like it's essentially like it works the same way. Um so let's you know I want to ask you two questions right um since we are on raising queens, I want to know what does being a queen mean to you?
0: To me, being a queen is knowing your gifts, knowing your power, knowing your 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 greatness and also your weaknesses, mm-hmm. and using them in 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 your in your own um, in your own power in your own way oftentimes we see our weaknesses and we give them a negative energy. But if you learn to embrace everything of who you are it, it's 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 beautiful it's um, it's like you're coming into alignment of who you are and you know we're always a work in progress
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think oftentimes we forget that. And we've had many conversations about that. I mean,
1: I've been doing this work on myself for a good like eight years, nine years, maybe. And it's, we always come back to it. Right. And it's, you know, something that you said about our weaknesses. I think that is huge. I don't know that I've had anybody else kind of use that part, but I like envision like, because we are constantly at war with ourselves, right. We're at war with ourselves and what society wants us to be, what our, You know families want us to be we're always at war but right when you go to war you have a strategy right and as a queen you step into your power but you also know where your weakness is in your army in your armor in you know all of that like knowing those weaknesses so you can pull in from outside or you tap into the inside right to fill up those holes because once you learn about them then you know how to fix them right so appreciating our weaknesses because We can learn so much more from them than our strengths, right? Because our strengths are something that we're comfortable in. Like we can do this all day long and it's an easy peasy back of the hand, you know, we know it like the back of our hand, but when you approach your weaknesses, right? Um, Whether it's in debt and money, whether it's in, you know, your personal characteristics and attributes um, in life, when you can approach your weaknesses where you know that, that you Or you feel like you suck at it, right? Like where you're not good at it and you're a beginner again, that's when the most growth happens. But you have to be able to face them um, is key.
0: Because during those challenging times, that is when you really find out who you really are, how powerful you are, and what you are capable of doing. And I think that that is what makes a queen a queen. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Thank you. and obviously,
1: right, we're talking legacy, which is huge because, you know, define legacies and inheritance. So with the, like the money that you leave behind, right, the things that you leave behind, um, tell me a little bit about how someone who wants to build a financial legacy, right, how the work that you're doing and the message that you're sharing, like how does that contribute and how does that help someone to really create that financial legacy that they want?
0: So with, the, with my clients, um, they are, you know, a lot of them are, are currently, unfortunately, they're in, they're in debt. Um, we are coming up with plans so they could pay that off, be debt-free, and then they can really start investing. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, small steps. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to invest $50 a month, $200 a month, that's going to, you know, grow in a matter of 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. If you buy property, that's something that you can pass down to your children. Um, They are also now buying stock for their kids. They're opening savings accounts, college funds, retirement funds for their children. Yeah. And also teaching them. That is the best thing that you can do for your children to leave a legacy is to teach them. Because if you give them something, they're not always going to know how to do it. Yeah. But if you teach them how to save, if you teach them how to invest, they're going to be able to do it on their own. And those are the gifts that we need to be teaching our children. I'm showing my niece how to invest. She just turned 18 Mm -hmm. and she wanted to buy Disney stock. And I bought her a book. Mm -hmm. She just... um, got accepted to a college in San Francisco and she's um, looking into different schools and, you know, where am I going to go? And then also which school is going to offer me the most money? Because when I graduate, I don't want to graduate with a lot of debt. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's how we can pass down our, um, our wealth to the next generation is also by yes, providing for them, giving them, um, you know, properties, but also teaching them how to do it. And I think Gary Vee touches on this as well.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that, so that's huge. Right. And I, it's my personal story. So I was, uh, I want to say in eighth grade and I asked my dad for an allowance because I was never, I never had an allowance. You know, it was either like, and I asked for something it was either yes or no. Right. It wasn't like, um, was that was basically my response either yes or no and then i was like okay walk away um but i got to a point where i was in eighth grade call me crazy because who asks to voluntarily be put on an allowance right where i was like give me thirty dollars a week which now looking back on it it was probably more than i needed um but i was like give me thirty dollars a week and my dad looked at me like i was crazy and i said well what i'm gonna do with it is i'm gonna learn how to manage my money. I'm going to use it if I want to buy. And you no, know, I take it back. I think I might've been a freshman in high school, like 13. Cause I'm remembering that I wanted to buy like snacks at like right before my last period, because I always got tired. So I'd buy like a soda and M&Ms. Right. And I was buying that every single day. And then my friends wanted to go to the movies. And so I was like, give me $30. And um I will figure out how to make it last. If I want to buy lunch and not take it from home, well that's going to come out of the $30. And my dad looked at me like I was crazy, right? Because he's like, "Why is this why is my child asking for an allowance when I basically, you know, say yes or no and, you know, mostly it was yes." Um because I wasn't asking for like a product purse when I was like 13, right? I was like, "Can I have money for like lunch? Can I have lunch money?" Right? And he's not going to tell me no. But it wasn't, you know, like, oh, we have food at home, like, so things like that. And so I was like, put me on a um on a budget. Um, and we're gonna talk about budget because I don't like that word. <laughs> and I've like said that like a million times, but I understand that a lot of people relate to it, right? Cause they're like, oh, right. And we can go back to the whole budget is a restriction and the scarcity mindset. But I asked to be taught, right? Like I was like, teach me how to manage my money. So I'm not just spending it and growing, because we had this contradictory thing right where it was like money doesn't grow on trees you have to work hard yet um it was like oh money's easy to get so i'm like well how does that work money's easy to get like as an entrepreneur i understand what that means right as like now having kind of like i don't want to say a hustle mentality but it's like people are there to spend money you know this is what our society is ba- people want to spend money mm-hmm. um and so you can sell anything you have a garage sale people come right you can sell you know home goods cakes whatever it is you can sell um you can sell any people buy the most random things right but you can sell anything people will buy it right so yes money is everywhere right and it and it's easy to come by but then i was also sitting with um the money is money doesn't grow on trees so it's like oh wait so you know and so this goes to my my mindset my money story right where i'm like wait Money is easy to come by, but it doesn't grow on trees. So how, okay. So I don't understand because you know, the idea behind money grows on trees, right. Is that it's just abundant, which it is if you, you know, once we break it down, it is abundant. Um, but yeah, I was like, teach me how to budget. You know, I asked my mom, teach me how to write a check. And these are some things that we don't teach our children, like the financial literacy, how to manage even how, okay. You're teaching me how to write a check, but you're not teaching me how to balance it. (laughs) right? Like you're teaching me how to swipe the card and enter my pin or swipe my card and sign the name. But you're not telling me the like repercussions of swiping that card way too many times or the interest rates and things like that. So I think that that's so important is, you know, and right now with my daughter, like people laugh at me because I'm that person who will pick the penny up. Like I will pick the penny up because a hundred pennies is a dollar. A hundred dollars is a hundred dollars. And you keep adding those up, right? Like a thousand, one hundred dollars, like we're good. Like you just, it, it, the little bit, right. Adds up. And so teaching my daughter, when she picks it up, I'm like, Oh, well saving that. And we have a purpose, right? So all the coins that we pick up is for our lake house. She wants to buy a lake house. And so it goes back to the intentionality, right? Where's your money going, being purposeful and knowing where you want it to go. But yeah, it's teaching our kids and, you know, based on what we're learning, right? So we have to be willing to face our demons, um, quote unquote demons, right? Um, or our shadows and our money stories so that we can rewrite that story, right? Rewrite that money story for our kids and teach them the way that, you know, the millionaires or the people who have accumulated generational wealth, um, you know, to do that, to, so that they can learn and teach their kids, right? So that's super huge. It's like. The teaching is, is creating a legacy, even if you don't walk away or you don't end up leaving them tons of property or tons of money, but if they know what to do with their money so that they can just pick up and kind of continue that, that building, then they're good. Um, yeah. So let me talk about, let's, let's, uh, so if somebody, right, was, Just starting out. Right. So say I'm a new client. I'm coming to you because I have student loan debt still. Right. Like that's you know, I have credit card debt. Like I'm not saying that I'm debt free because it's a constant thing. Right. I'm, you know, a single mom to a kid who I have in private school. Um, And so there's a lot of money (laughs) that I'm spending. Right. There's money that I invested. I like to, you know, quote unquote invested um, for my daughter's education, for my education. Um, but I guess even switching that, right. Like switching your mindset around like the money that you're spending. But if I was just starting out, what is, what are like maybe two or three tips that you would have, or you would give someone, um, who's just starting out on, you know, and they're actually like, all right, I'm going to look at my bank account today. Um, I'm not going to just ignore it and shove it under the rug.
0: Great question. So the, the first thing that I would highly um, suggest to somebody is to work on their mindset, work on their limiting beliefs, and forgiveness. That is the very first step that I would recommend anybody to do because many times I I tried. I tried to put myself on a budget and it didn't work. But when I got into the root of it all, that's when the magic happened because it gives you an awareness of where your beliefs are coming from, where the roots are. So when you start off with that, that is when you, you have the knowledge, you have the information, you have the awareness and you can make the shift. Yeah. The second tip that I would recommend people is, um, I don't like to call it budgeting either. I like, I was, to like, call- I was like, wait, can we talk about this budget word real quick? <laughs> Because I know
1: that like, you know, some people use it because that's kind of what most financial people, that's what they've used, right? Is a budget. Um, But it does have that scarcity scarcity mindset, like restriction associated with it, right? And I know that I think when I was teaching it, I called it a money tracker. Would you have another word that you use um, in terms of like talking about a budget?
0: You know what I like to call it? I like to call it a wealth plan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's a good one yeah <laughs> and and that's what I tell people is you got to have a plan because mm. if you don't have a plan you're not going to be able to to take action it's like you can't build a house without a plan yeah yeah you're hmm. the foundation yeah you okay. have
1: to have hmm. The arc, like drop the plans like otherwise you don't know what you're doing and you're just stacking bricks and you know, or, you know, maybe you're not even using bricks, right? Like I, I just imagine like the three little pigs <laughs> and, you know, like having a plan, you know, there's three different ways that you could build a house. There's three different ways that you can get out of debt. Which one is going to be the most, you know, like what plan, right? So having a plan is, is key.
0: Yes. You know, some people like to use like the snowball, um, tre- the, um, snowball effect. effect. Mm-hmm. Um, other people like to do like percentages. What's worked for me is, um, you know, writing down how much I'm bringing in every month, how mm-hmm. much my husband brings in every month, writing out what our expenses are. And when I'm talking about expenses, I'm talking about things that you, essential expenses, like your mortgage, your <laughs> rent, your needs, insurance. Do you Do need my nails count? Do- <laughs> Wait, my yeah. nails waxing? Is that an essential? Because I right now I feel like it is. <laughs> Yes, because I like to teach people to have a fun money account. And that's something that I learned from you, Carmen, because when you restrict yourself completely, you are almost setting yourself up up for failure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's very important to s- set aside, a, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks a month, whatever it is that you want to, you know, spend your money on, spend it and don't feel guilty. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah so that is um what i recommend people to start off with um start off simple because if you want to go full force into this Mm -hmm. most likely you are going to set yourself up for failure yeah so
1: one would be your mindset right like readjusting your money story right that's that's huge and then the second would having would be having a wealth plan right like know where your money's going and how you're spending it right and then part of the wealth plan is
0: yeah, your fun money. Right. Um, but yes. also, yeah, because when you know what you're bringing in, what you, what's coming out, you know, how much is left over mm-hmm. and then you can make a plan for that money. That's left over. How much of that money do you want to put towards paying off your, your debt? Mm-hmm. How much money do you want to put towards investing and how much money do you want to put towards giving back? Because yeah. there's also a power when you give back.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is, you know, and I know a lot of people who, you know, I'm more spiritual than I am religious. Um, You know, I believe in God and, but a universe and there's just a higher being, but I know a lot of people who go to church, right. Who attend church and they tithe, right. Because it's in the Bible and, you know, and I think that it's not even just like religious space. It's almost from like a moral standpoint. If you have the ability to give back and to contribute, um, why not? right? Because the truth is, is that it comes back tenfold, right? So, and I think that this is important in just overall legacy, right? Because people like, you know, I do estate plans. And so there's charitable giving. How much money do you want to give to a charity when you pass away? Like, because essentially that helps the organization or the company or whatever it is that you're donating to, to help them continue to serve in their own way, right? So I think that that's super important. Um, getting, you know, getting all of that kind of figured out and sorted out. Um, yeah, the give
0: back. Yeah. And I'm going to share something with, um, with all of you, just by being intentional with my money and changing my mindset, I have been able to pay off $15,000 in one year.
1: Yay. I mean, I think the last time we talked to you were at like 11, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, it wasn't even that long ago, like a month, uh, maybe. Wow. (laughs) It's yeah. And obviously, right. Like results, not typical. That's our disclaimer, but it's, you know, you have the ability, right. Once you set the intention to do something, because you know that the benefit it's going to provide to you and your family, um, it can happen. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. anything is possible. Like maybe you pay off more, maybe you pay off less. But
0: it's just being, you know, the intentionality behind it. That is amazing. <laughs> yes, you know, when I was um, looking at my um, my wealth plan, mm-hmm. I was um, I was so impressed. I and it's it, it's it it all started with small steps. Going back to it, um, don't complicate things. Start off small. Um, do your research. Um, there's, you know, different speakers out there, financial gurus. Um, I kind of did my own, like, you know, I, I collected data from different um, speakers. You know, I was listening to Dave Ramsey's to, sorry, Dave Ramsey to Susie Orman. And then I also would listen to um, Robert um, Kiyosaki and um, other people as well. And, um, you know, and I use a lot of the the information that I learned from, from you, Carmen. And also things that have worked for me, I also incorporate it into my program. So, you know, there's a lot of information on YouTube, Pinterest, you know, but definitely start with the mindset first. Yeah. And I think that, you know,
1: that's super important. Like the fact that you were able to, um, you know, like, it, and that's just it, right? Find something that works for you. Find a coach or financial, you know, wealth empowerment person that, works for you that understands your story that isn't so like rigid right because I know you know thinking of Dave Ramsey and he does like the snowball effect which is great because I think like the little you know small actions is huge right where you notice that you paid off one small credit card and then you know go on um, and you guys can google that um or reach out to Madi to um explain it further but something that doesn't quite work for me as well right is like the envelopes like carrying cash. Um, and a lot of it has to do with like being an entrepreneur. Right. And I'm like, I have to go to the bank. I have to withdraw the money, you know, not knowing, you know, so that's another thing, right. Um, as an entrepreneur, not knowing the exact amount of money that I'm going to have each month. Right. And so figuring out that part of it. And, um, but what I do like, just kind of going back, um, is the, in the wealth plan, right. When we're talking about it. Right. And I think that Dave Ramsey calls it like the four walls, right? Where it's like transportation, like shelter, transportation, food, utilities. I think, I don't know the exact four, but it's like focusing on that first. And especially, you know, let's talk about the reality of what our economy is right now Um, with, you know, COVID-19, with people losing jobs, collecting unemployment, which is less, right? Because I think that that's, that's a thing right now. Um, and you know, business is slowing down and it's an overall reduction. But right, people aren't going out as much. And so I think um one, if if what would be, I guess, your advice to someone who one, right, maybe not making as much money right right now, um, what your thoughts are on what they should, what they should, I'm not saying what they should do with their money, but how they should use it. And to the other side of it, right. Is the nightclubs aren't open like fast, you know, you can drive through, but you can't do a sit down dinner with cocktails, happy hours, not really happening. Um, you can do takeout, but it's still not as pricey, you know? So I have a lot of friends who are like, Oh dang, like I'm saving so much money by not eating out or not going out. Like what, um, one advice for the person who maybe not me making as much money right now where where should they focus and then the other part is for those of us who um who those of those who have more or a saving um they have like a you know um a surplus if Mm -hmm. um where should they allocate that part of it
0: so for the people who are making less money or who are not you know Bringing income in anymore or getting unemployment, or um, you know, whatever their situation is. What I would recommend personally is for one to take a look at your wealth plan, take a look at your expenses and what is essential, what is not essential, and choose to cut ties with the stuff that's not essential right now because it doesn't work for you, it's not working for your purpose, for your dream, for your legacy, and you have to think of it in that way don't think of it as like oh something negative is happening to me it's just okay this is the situation Mm -hmm. i'm looking for solutions and this is my solution right now at this time i'm choosing to say bye to netflix to hulu to my coffee runs to getting my hair done my nails Um, those are the stuff that i had to do when i got intentional with my money but I didn't look at it in a way that I was restricting myself. I'm choosing to make those sacrifices for my success. Mm-hmm. That's one. Second, is yes, the economy is a little rocky, but right now there is a lot of opportunity for people to look outside the box. Mm-hmm. What gifts do you have? What do you know what to do? Do you know how to bake? Do you know how to cook? What skill can you provide people and maybe even? charge them for, um, for it. One of my friends, she makes jam at home. She makes cookies at home and she ships them. That's another way of bringing income. Yeah. You know, I
1: I have a friend who, you know, she does event planning. Obviously that's not happening right now. So what she's doing to supplement her income is she's making these Brazilian cheese breads, like makes them, freezes them and ships them or delivers them to people. And she's like, I'm sold out every week right? Because the other part is people do want to support small businesses, mm-hmm. right? And um, so the one thing that I do want to say is, you know, because I do have a friend who's always like, I want to support the small business is right. There's finding the balance between supporting a small business, um, but also being mindful of where your money's going. Like, are you still making those coffee runs because you want to quote unquote, support a small business or because you just don't want to drink the coffee at home, right? <laughs> like yes. what's the real reason for you stepping out. And yes, right, there's this like the give back, and I get that. But if you're not making as much money and you're not generating income somewhere, you're not getting creative with how to make money. I mean, I just think that not that it's a scarcity, but you also are you really in the position to go out and spend your money at a small business, right? So it's kind of you have to like shift some things, but it's for your highest good, right? So it's not the scarcity part, it's for your highest good and looking at that. Um so yeah i love that so if you're not making as much money right really like think about what you need versus what are needs versus wants right um and then the other part is um the you know how can you generate more income what can you do what service can you provide and you know me like i'm all about starting a business you have a business idea come talk to me because i'm going to tell you to do it and we're going to figure out how to do it right um because you've come to me Madi, a couple of times with like different things and we're like we're doing this what are we doing how are we doing it because it's small businesses like really do run the economy i mean yes there's big businesses but the small businesses give you the freedom for the legacy that you really want to create. So yeah, if you're not gen- you're not making the money and that unemployment and that st- that stimulus package <laughs> that is just not cutting it. How can you use your services and your unique purpose in this world to generate income for yourself and for your family? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for those of us, uh, for the, no, I'm saying us, like I have just like a ton of money just hanging out. Cause I don't, <laughs> um, cause I'm still paying my debt. But for those people who, are saving their money right because they 're not out at the club they 're not eating out as much they 're actually cooking food at home or they 're doing their own workouts and not paying for a gym membership or any of that to the people who have that surplus of um, money and they 're sitting in their bank accounts like what can what is your advice for them um, to make that grow
0: My advice would be to start doing you know research, start looking um, on YouTube for videos. Um, what I personally have done is I've invested it into um, the stock market. Mm-hmm. I have um, bought stocks in, um, in a company that is working on the vaccine for COVID-19 and the stocks have gone up. I will say that I did
1: invest in two companies. I literally, okay. And it doesn't have to be a lot, right? I think I have three shares in one company and six shares in another. So I maybe like front it like $200, but I'm at 300 plus dollars now. So I already made a hundred dollars in like a month by just putting my money in. And right now I think, you know, stocks are a great thing to invest in. Yes, it fluctuates and it's a long-term game. Like you and I have talked about that. It's long-term where you're like, oh, you know, it's going to, it's going to go up and it's going to go down just like life. Mm -hmm. But, um, Yeah, buying like I think stocks are great purchase right now. Um and um okay, so any any other things that you um
0: would suggest an investment or you think that would it depend on like the person? You know, another another thing that I also would recommend is to invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. Take some classes, learn a new skill. So when you are, you know, um when the economy gets better, you could get, you know, a promotion. Mm-hmm. or you can get a better paying position somewhere else. And I think oftentimes, you know, take advantage of the opportunity that you have now with the shelter in place mm-hmm. to take some of the classes, to learn a new skill, um, more gifts that you could um, bring to you, the pl- to the table when situ- the situation gets better. That's another thing that I also recommend. Yeah,
1: well, that's huge, right? Um, investing in yourself and even, right? Like you can use some of your employer's money to fund like a professional or personal development program, right? Like I know that you used it for my program. Like that was amazing. I know multiple people who have used it for other programs. Like there's, you know, I mean, and that means that you don't even have to pay for it out of that extra money that you have. Right. But if you have, you know, the surplus of cash, like use it to invest in yourself because the better you are, the better you show up for everyone in your life, the better employee you are, the better business owner, the mom, sister, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I love that. Invest in, you know, invest the money, whether it's in like the stock market or a way to make more money or invest it in yourself. I think that's super important. Um, one last question for you before we jump off, um, for the girls that are in here, right. Cause we do reach out to young teens and, you know, teenagers, maybe, you know, not even 18. Um, if they're sitting with, you know, what they should do? Um, what are some thoughts on how they can start to educate themselves from a financial standpoint? So say 13-year-old me, 14-year-old me, who's asking for a budget, um, what would you say would be the first, you know, don't, don't ask for budget unless you have to, guys. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm just putting it out there. If you don't have to ask for an allowance, then don't. If you, you know, but how is it, can, how, what would you say um, they should do, I guess, for a more mindful approach of how they're spending their money and what they're spending it on. What would be your suggestion to them?
0: My suggestion would be to learn to be mindful and to learn to stretch out that money. And it all does, so one thing that I do tell my daughter, you don't have to always
1: spend it just because you have it, right? Like, she's like, oh, I got a dollar. She's like, I'm going to go buy. It. And I'm like, no, you don't have to go buy the ice cream. You can actually save it. Like, it's okay. Because the more that you have, the bigger and more like amazing things that you can buy, right? Or you invest it. And then you take that money to go buy your ice cream. And so your money's still working. And it's like free money. Um,
0: <laughs> that was going to be my second thing is to learn to save it. My niece is a saver. So whenever she gets money, she puts it in her little piggy bank and she's saving it. That is another thing that I also recommend kids to to do. And, and that is a powerful habit to have is to save. That is um, one of the things that, um, that I do wish that I would have done, but it's never too late.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you so much. So Maddie, if people want to reach out to you, they want to connect with you, they want some financial coaching, how can they find you? So they can find me on Facebook. I am under, um, I think it's under Mary Agna Gutierrez. Okay. And then they can also connect with me on um, Instagram. I am um, the debt slayer on there.
1: <laughs> oh, the debt slayer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, um, my email address is um Mary Agna at gmail.com and you are more than welcome to email me awesome and we'll have all of this
1: on the in like the show notes so you guys can find her there but Maddie, thank you so so much for being here this was super informative and for those of you really wanting to get right get your finances right reach out to Maddie. Um, she gave you great tips here for just starting. Um, but if you want to do a deeper dive, um, reach out to her. So thank you, Maddie, so much. Um, and for those of you listening, we'll be back with, um, our episode next week. Thanks.